is come sit with us. Have a seat, won't you? Good morning, good evening, good afternoon to everyone out there in podcast land. I am Mark Flores. And I am Isaiah Martinez. And we want to thank you for sitting with us. Greetings out there, earthlings. Uh, to those sitting with us with the first time, uh, welcome. And for those who sit with us all the time, welcome back. To the uninitiated, this show is about a casual conversation amongst friends. I prefer you to enjoy Come Sit With Us over drinks, or if you can't manage that, be sure to enjoy it during commutes um, and other activities where you find yourself available to satisfy your auditory senses. It's a fancy way of saying it. Yeah. (laughs) If you want to hear it, basically, Mark, just say it. I recently heard from a friend of mine that the show helped him make a long shift at work more pleasant. So I think this is progress, Isaiah. Yeah, that's good. We always want to make someone's ride more pleasant because out there you get road rage and then next thing you know, bam, you know. <laughs> bam what? <laughs> that's why we're sponsored by insurance by Sandra. Not kidding. This is a good, this is a good plug-in for Veronica's insurance <laughs> oh, there or you something go. That's like the one that. I was looking for, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so whether you're listening, uh, so wherever you're listening, Isaiah and I are truly honored to be the voice you come to listen to. We know there's a prodigious amount of podcasts out there that you could choose from, so we always enjoy it when you're sitting with us. Yep. Promote it, share it. You know, uh, I've been talking about it on my podcast as well, because what we got here is something very cool, something unique, special, a very uh, special moment in time, you know, that we're able to do this, Mark and myself, because I know we're both very busy people and everybody else is out there that's busy too. And we're just fortunate enough to be here sharing, you know, uh, what's going on in our lives and what's happening in the world. So it's, it's a blessing. Most definitely. The couple weeks ago, my uh, my birthday passed. Yeah, July tenth. I don't even think we discussed it last week. No, we didn't. We got real like we we had <laughs> we to got put that on the yeah, back we, burner. Like, huh? We didn't get us yeah say the happy birthdays and all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> to the pre- to the people listening and that listen to the previous episode, uh, as real as it gets, Isaiah and I literally just got into this the deep end studio and didn't say an exchange of something less than what, 10 words. Right. And we were literally saving everything for the show. So everything that we needed to say on that episode, you guys tune in to watch it. I mean, to listen to it, but, um, there there was no room for like, yeah, for, uh, pleasantries and just saying, Oh, how, how goes it? Now we came in like Kobe. Like we came in just like no words. You were just going to lay it all on the court. Like, yeah. that's, what, that's how we came in. It was an open forum, and I really enjoyed that episode a lot just because we were able to clear out a lot of, uh, a lot of, yeah. uh, a lot of air between us and, and to the audience, too. And to people out there that do have uh, close friendships with people and, and, and the like, I recommend that you guys do that. You guys, you know, the monotony of having friendships can also get uh can get really redundant and so it always takes a good moment whether you're out or whether you're doing it through facetime to just get real with each other and just ask them you know ask your friend how they're really doing or 
uh, ask a buddy of yours, what's really going on? Why are you feeling like this? Um, we don't, uh, we don't really uh, take that time out as much as we should these days. So I encourage everyone to do that, especially because it, it helps. It helps out a lot. Some things that you can't really tell, you can't really tell family. There's some things that uh, I can't divulge to other people besides my friends. So that's when um, friends like Isaiah, friends like uh, Andre and Jason, they just come through in the clutch. And you guys, and you guys, speaking of that, you guys really regulated on me. Uh, let me provide you guys a little story uh, for myself. Um, I want to, I want to keep it a little, a uh, little under wraps, but I did plan a trip out for Labor Day weekend. Um, I kind of feeling like I felt in a funk because, you know, mm. my dad's recent passing and stuff. Yeah. So in the same vein of him and his characteristics of him just going out, taking trips, I decided to take a trip myself to a theme park in Orlando, and um, I'm pretty sure everybody knows what theme park you're talking about. <laughs> oh, well, right they have now. two. They have a couple choices, <laughs> but I'll just keep it to where. Uh, let's just say the 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 choice for for it was really universal. It's a real universal Stupid. choice. <laughs> <laughs> um. So and then I, you know, in our Facebook uh, message group, I offered the opportunity for uh, my homies to come crash with me over there. And man, I got <laughs> got grilled. I swear, over. like I just got exposed, um, and it, exposed in the sense of my friends just backing me up with precautions and letting me know, hey, it may not be the right time to do this. Yeah, yeah. And it was, it got really intense, but. Bro. This is why. Well, Jason guys... took it to another level, man. Like <laughs> I was just kind of throwing some jokes. I know I'm just throwing some like, oh yeah, I've seen this, you know, just heads up, blah blah blah. And then Jason just he yeah, was like, he, yeah. Got, he got <laughs> he got he got biblical. He got on down. Me. He got down on. He the, threw uh threw some pro, uh threw some proverbs at me. He yeah, really, he actually he did really throw deep. some proverbs at you. Um. Yeah. But again, I I still appreciate that because it's just more insight to what. I'm going to eventually end up doing so. It's just going to have me um, a little more cautious as I go along, you know. So you know, I, just... I went to uh, I went to uh, Jersey Mike's the other day, and you know when you get off, you have to wear a mask, of course, right? So yeah. I'm wearing a mask, but I was like, wait, you know what? Let me just take it another level, another notch up. So I put on some gloves, some of those plastic gloves. And I felt so funny like wearing these gloves because no, everyone that's else is walking in there, they're not wearing gloves. And so it makes them kind of like, I feel like me wearing gloves makes the the situation a little bit more of a higher level. <laughs> and, you know, unknowingly, I think I'm somehow in vain, like, this is serious. Like, you guys aren't wearing gloves now? Like, it's like beyond masks. It's you like, give them that are... look, like that glaring look like, hey, I got my gloves on. <laughs> right, right. Uh, I just thought it was kind of funny. But I did feel funny wearing gloves, even though it actually makes more sense to to wear gloves too, in a sense, because I mean, you, we touch things all the time. Like we touch doorknobs, handles, whatever. Yeah. It actually makes sense, but it's not really being promoted like that. But just doing that extra, you know, especially right now with these little cases rolling out, it's yeah. uh, it's a so, hard time because we're not early on in the beginning anymore. This is later end and we're still having this, I guess, uh, Fauci said like we're midway, you know, of the pandemic still. So of the first wave even. Right. You know? So, we um it's going going back to what um what i mentioned earlier it's it's really good it's really good to know that there's p- 
people out there that uh, look at the other side of the spectrum because I'm just honed in. Like I'm Labor Day weekend, I'm tuned out. Like I'm jetting yeah. to Florida and I'm just gone. Yeah. And I'm just going to enjoy myself as much as possible. If you can get it here, you can get it anywhere is my logic. Um, but man, I really appreciate the the kind gestures, not the kind gestures, but it was more along the lines of <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the warnings yeah. about what was going on. But it took, you know, it took the uh, it took uh, the trio of you guys to to help me see that light. So. Which is why I always tell people, man, always communicate, always be transparent with your friends. The um, how are you doing, Isaiah? I've I haven't I've yet to ask you that. How are you doing? I'm still doing fine. You know, everything's been um good. I haven't had any type of like any type of like health episodes or anything like that. So everything's been pretty consistent now at this point. Um, just working at trying to improve that and trying to get better educated on like you know nutritions and stuff like that that i need to take um been getting in rhythm with studying or researching um for you know upcoming like episodes and stuff like that i'm, I'm kind of playing catch up on everything that's been happening while we haven't been doing episodes and stuff like that so um overall i'm doing fine right now i'm just kind of more concerned about like where we're going as a country because all these kind of recent outbreaks and stuff happening. I don't know what it means, you know, so I'm kind of more looking to see what's happening there because there's a lot of people I think that are not in my situation that are actually in a situation of more uncertainty because of, you know, jobs being more at risk and stuff like that. But, um, but yeah, right now physically and stuff like that, mind, body, spirit, I'm, I'm fine right now. So I'm happy about that. You know, I'm grateful for that too. Good. That's, um, that's really good. How about you, man? Because your birthday came up, you know, your father had passed and a lot going on. You know, how you, how Doing you good. handling? I'm, I'm glad that I have routines kind of grounded in me. Like Sunday without clockwork, I'll get up and make my meals for the rest of the week. Yeah. So that's just been so therapeutic for me because I get to listen to music. I get to just enjoy myself making the same stuff I've been making since yeah. January. Um, I've gotten... There's a lot of progress in that regard because, you know, here I was, uh, t- sometimes it took up to three hours to make it. Now I got it down to like an hour. Oh, that's good. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> here I am all using all different kinds of pots and everything. And now I just yeah. pan flip. I don't even use a spatula anymore. Like I'm getting a good routine in that, in that regard going because I've just been doing it so long. You know what I, I saw on YouTube too? There was a guy who had like a, was like, like a crock pot and they, he just puts the chicken in there. Just leaves it there for, I don't know, is it like an hour or two hours or something? He's doing whatever he does for his day, comes back. It's nice and and, and soft where you can just like basically touch it and it all falls apart. Oh, and he makes that man. like his chicken for the week or whatever. And like, and it's a matter of seconds for him because he's doing, he's not wasting time. Yeah. Because he's doing something while it's cooking. So I thought that was just a pretty cool way to like optimize your time. There's, there's easy ways. I think people make it like an obstacle sometimes on cooking, but there's, there's easy ways to to get your meal preps done, you know? Yeah. But it's, it's just keeping it simple. It's about premier, man, I was slipping hard. So my grocery store charges the same price for chicken by the pound, Mm -hmm. whether it's marinated or not. Okay. Oh yeah. At Ralph's. Oh wow. I didn't know that. At Ralph's they'll charge you the same price for either having it marinated with like lemon pepper or the boil asado flavor or barbecue flavor. 
Yeah. They'll charge you the same price for that versus regular, the regular chicken that's on the shelves. So yeah. I was just like, man, what am I? Because <clears throat> I used to spend money on pre-marinades. <clears throat> right. I was like, what am I doing here? Right. So I started doing that and um, just trying to combine all the savings I can get. Because I'm even on top of that, Ralph's has this like gas saving program. If you go to like one of their gas stations, mm-hmm. so all the money I go like I'll, I'll only go to the Ralph's that's down the street from my house. Mm-hmm. So I'll just go there buy the groceries and then whatever I need to put gas in my Prius, I'll end up doing that. But then I'll save like 10 cents, 20 cents a gallon. It all adds up. So just trying to optimize all that, man. Um, and little by little, I think, uh, as far as highs and lows with like thinking about my dad and stuff, it's, I found, I found this one clip of him saying something really ridiculous. Um, so when him and I went to go see the movie Solo, mm-hmm. which I thought was really good, I, I'm, yeah. I'm I kind of there's minor little things you can nitpick at it, yeah. but overall it was actually it, it did better than what I expected, right. I guess. And I wanted a sequel to that. Yeah. They, they built in uh, no spoilers in here, but they ended up building uh, building uh, the ingredients to a sequel for mm-hmm. it. So Woody Harrelson killed in that yeah. movie. Yeah, oh yeah, and he Woody got the stamp of approval. Um, the the guy that played Han Solo, he got the stamp of approval. Oh yeah. Um, too from um, uh, Harrison Ford, which yeah. I mean, you God couldn't ask like for anything better than to get that. You know, uh, the guy did fine. I just think that they could have took out a few little things that you know what didn't need to be in there. Yeah, that kind of makes everything kind of seems a little bit more like I don't know cheesy or just. But overall, though, I think it did do better than what we expected it. To so do. we ended up uh, that day. We ended up watching Solo, but on the drive over there. Me and my dad, you know, we uh, just you know run our yaps a little bit and talk. <laughs> and I'm recording him in the in the passenger seat, and I'm just like just recording conversations with him. And I'm like, oh, so have you ever seen uh, Demolition Man? He's like, nope, no, son, I haven't seen Demolition Man either. I'm telling you, son, I don't watch movies that I haven't seen before. <laughs> I'm all like, why do you say these? Whatever redundancy, just <laughs> he only watches movies is he, if he's ever uh, if he ever uh, seen them before beforehand. So. Oh, yeah, <laughs> just got, yeah, just slide that slide one right there. Yeah, he uh, <laughs> he he did that to me, and I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> so I miss the guy, but man, it's uh, it's always good to. Uh, check the story archives in Instagram and I was like I remember I had that story so I put it to the yeah. uh, put it to like the you know how the Insta- Instagram lets you file away <clears throat> st- certain stories so I put it in his file for that so I was able to save it so all those memories I can uh, look back to and make it happen yeah yeah um, man so I got a topic for us today okay and I know that this is gonna be a little late with people being uh, being uh, that we're in the middle of July, but the we got progress. We got progress here, and I say that because, to my knowledge, the U.S. government has been really tight-lipped with admitting anything about uh, any information leading to the existence of alien life, or. The, legitimate, the legitimacy of UFOs. Mm-hmm. There's been instances where they have, you know, light instances where they have admitted to something being out there in the unknown. Uh, there's Project Blue Book, 
all the documented uh, the documented investigations for you know UFO instances. You also have the very evident cover up at Roswell, New Mexico, forty seven. Um, even even little little Easter eggs of of not impending things, but more like hey, it can happen. Is when the when President Reagan proposed the only time that we would ever come together and unify as a planet would be the time where we'd uh, would be the time where we have a foe. We'd have to face a foe of the uh, extraterrestrial variety. Oh, that's right. I remember did, Reagan made some comments about you know extraterrestrial yeah. you know activity. He did that in front of the UN, so it's like <laughs> he just imagined different languages getting translated to, right. the, to different, the UN in rep every language. Like, what, what's this we're talking about? <laughs> Reagan's tripping right now. And they all use the same word for alien too. Uh, alien. <laughs> um. But what ended up happening on Monday, April 27th, 2020, is something that shouldn't be taken lightly at all. The Pentagon released three UFO videos that were taken by U.S. Navy pilots. And upon seeing the footage, I wasn't jumping out of my chair cheering and just, you know, going, yeah, man, there's final proof, you know. But I could say wholeheartedly that this is definitely a small victory for us UFOlogists. Uh, the upsetting thing about this is that the release of the footage was released during a global pandemic. And had this news been given a clear slate with no headline competition, this would have made a bigger impact to everyone, in my opinion. Mm. Um, the U.S. Navy declassifying UFOs and recorded footage like that is not is something that's not to be taken lightly at all, Isaiah. It's really like it's progress towards them realizing, Hey, we can't hide this from you guys anymore. Social media will never allow us to take something, classify it and just buried under, buried under the rug. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's just too much of, there's too many eyes now to try to, to try to bury things like that. Back, like like how they used to back in the day because you didn't really have that many outlets of people exposing you know confidential files mm-hmm. oh um, no i think that's one of the biggest victories from bill clinton's administration particularly i know john podesta was a part of um pushing that that bill that allowed um the government to declassify anything that was over 25 years old um to the general public i think that's one of the biggest <clears throat> like Biggest moves, you know, an administration could do because for a long time we didn't have that. And now that clears up a lot of the history for people uh, and also to have some sort of sense of transparency of what's going on. And I always think there's like this conspiracy all the time, but understanding like the motives and why our government like how to do certain things or why we kind of kept things under wraps for a little bit for our interest um, politically or geopolitically, whatever. Um and I haven't seen the images yet, you know, so I'm kind of interested to see that. Right. Um, I remember there were some stories we talked about sometimes on the deep end about how they, they had like this one image that I think one of their pilots admitted to seeing or multiple pilots admitted to seeing too. Right. So that's another thing. Um, I think it's definitely power. Like it's definitely good that we're able to, to get that from our government though. Yeah. Man, I, What's the uh, the term that we're going to be talking about today? National security. 
<laughs> um, national security. For the All good right. of national security. Okay. And, you know, it's that term is going to go in conjunction with UFOs and the secrets, right? Yeah. For the sake of national security, they're never, ever going to say, hey, Roswell 47 today, we may have taken the crafts, backward yeah. enge- backwards engineered all the crafts. Do you personally think in Roswell, New Mexico, this was an alien spacecraft? Is that what you are leading to believe that that's what it is? Most definitely. You think so? 100%. For them to, for that to headline on the news one day. Yeah. And then for them to completely revert everything and say, oh, no, no, no. It was actually a down weather balloon. So do you think that could be a, like, do you think there could be a cover up or do you think there's something to that? Cause I know there was during that time, uh, uh, there was the cold war going on. Right. And Russia, I think where our intelligence was trying to see if Russia was launching any type of nuclear explosions. And so the thought pro or the, 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 the thought here was that they were, contracting this um, company that's that I guess developed these balloons or whatever these weather balloons to go so high in the sky to see if they can see any type of um, explosion type of admittance in the atmosphere to see if like Russia was working on something I guess so that was like the thought behind it and that, that's like what supposedly that was supposed to be was supposed to be one of those went down. And I guess how it worked is like they had one of those weather balloons up like all across like the United States and they were all like communicating signals to each like weather balloon to each other all the way back to us, I guess. And supposedly one of those weather balloons went down in Roswell, New Mexico, which is like the worst place to go down at because there's so much things going on in Roswell, New Mexico, uh, so much strange things that go on there. But uh, that's what it was supposedly supposed to actually be. But or could that be a cover up? Right. Of what it actually is. This is a multi-layered thing that we got going on here. I'm just I was going to go with the old alien spacecraft crashed a little outside of Roswell. Um, because they, what's fishy is that they, they quickly agents like MIB agents or whatnot gathered up this intel, right? Gathered up all the stuff. Yeah. And they said, no, no, no. And they try to keep it under wraps. Like they didn't want to even explain what, what they were actually trying to do, which was trying to see if there was some sort of energy emissions from like Russia. So they didn't want to explain that. And that's why they kind of just kind of said, just no, no, no. And they changed the story up and supposedly they took all that stuff back to area 51, you know, but or is that all a cover up for something that we really did have? Like, what 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 I got from all the research I did with Roswell is that so the crash happens right. and the the night the it happened during a storm right on a night at nighttime so no one was going to go out there to see it. The farmer of that land goes out and looks at everything and says, "Oh man." Oh, well, hold on. It's New Mexico. Oh, boy, howdy. <laughs> um, he looks at all this stuff and he gets someone involved. Yeah. He Luckily, in New Mexico, in Roswell, New Mexico, at that time, there is an Air Force base that's right. no longer there anymore. So yeah. he gets the attention of the army that's there, and the the uh, they end up seizing all the materials. But what they find about this material is that picture like a regular eleven, you know, uh, eleven inch by eight point five sheet of aluminum foil, mm-hmm. like a paper sized sheet. So the 
conditions of the sheet of like metal that came from this crash site, whether it's extraterrestrial or not, but this thing was completely strong, yet it could be crushed and it's ma- and it's also malleable. So you can smash it with a hammer and fold it to wherever you need. If you ever crush it, you leave it crushed and have it in your hand, it'll end up flattening out. Those were the crazy characteristics of this uh, this metal that they got. So one of the superior officer ends up seizing this and has a day with it, right? So mm-hmm. he has a day to do whatever he wants with it. Right. So the son, uh, the eyewitness report of the son says, hey, my dad brought this over to my house and end up putting it on the, in, on the kitchen table and told me, son, look, I don't have much time with this stuff, but this is the stuff we found. So the kid finds an I-beam, like a metal I-beam, just like small size, but ends up finding hieroglyphics on the side that don't match anything of this earth. So he took that, plus he saw the malleable metal foil uh, that was at the crash site too. So then all the seized... Uh, all the C's paraphernalia ends up going to the Air Force Base. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and this is where it gets crazy. This is where this is where it all comes back full circle because this is it's it's hilarious. Um so uh the uh the funeral home, the local funeral home at Roswell, New Mexico gets a call from gets a call from the Air Force Base. Well and uh says, hey, we're going to need four small caskets. Can you guys give us more? We'll have some guy go over there, but we need four small caskets. Mm-hmm. Child strange. size. Right. And the guy's like, oh, okay. <clears throat> For what? Right. It turns out that funeral home was the same funeral home still that did my father's proceedings. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. Sure. They, they don't even That's use funny. that as like one of their headlines. You know, like, how could that be a selling point for a funeral home? Like, yeah, I know. Hey man, we're the ones that did the, uh, you know, the Roswell. We, we, we uh, did the funeral. You want an intergalactic funeral? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but they would have had to find a body, right? Like if there was this crash site, yeah. so it would have had to been a, like a, a smithereens blown body. Yeah. So you're, you're, you're picturing the old typical wedged in UFO mm-hmm. and just bodies sprawled out everywhere. Yeah. Like, I guess these aliens were wearing seatbelts. Right. I, granted, I don't <laughs> think they would have to because they probably weren't up to date. Like they probably didn't have that technology yet. The seatbelt. <laughs> oh, no, no. On the contrary, they, they were working with anti-gravity in there, so they didn't have to worry about anything. You've seen UFOs, man. Yeah, they yeah. pull quick 90 degree turns. Yeah, yeah. If anyone ever did that here on earth, like our, our, we'd be mush. Yeah. We'd be mush doing that, going do quick nineties like that. Yeah. So they find the, they find, apparently they find four bodies there at over there at the site. So. Oh, so the witnesses account for that they did see bodies. Right. Now, I know there was images, there was picture images of these aliens laying on these... Um, oh, like hospital stretch footage? Yeah, there's yeah, like... that's hoax stuff. Stretch, yeah, right? it sucks. <laughs> they're like, they're just laying there and there's like some <laughs> ominous like music so, playing in the background. Like, so picture little me at the UFO museum <laughs> in Roswell, New Mexico when I was like eight or nine yeah. and I'm looking at this alien autopsy footage Yeah, and... My dad set me up hard for this one. I was just like, hey, was, was this real? Of course it's real. Look at it. Come on. <laughs> Had me really believing that that was like actual UFO autopsy stuff and that no one else like knew about it. No one else got the scoop. Yeah. The story is like, I guess one of these scientists, he was told to keep it under wraps, but he still like manages to 
recovered like footage that they didn't know or didn't want him to like release and he somehow you know captures it and does release it and then that's kind of where this conspiracy runs wild because right. you know there's images now there's footage and uh i think yeah. i think between the roswell ufo case and the jfk assassination those are going to be all there's always going to be my bread and butter man oh yeah people always bank back to the roswell case the roswell incident yeah. how there's a cover-up yeah. conspiracy of alien intelligence that we're not being told about. So even with our modern day version of not Roswell, at least, but actually, you know, the, uh, an actual government entity declassifying some UFO footage and saying, Hey, look, these are unidentified flying objects. Mm-hmm. What they are, their origins. We do not know, you know, that's just the verbal wiping of the hands, right. making sure, Hey, look, we don't know. The main issue is that full disclosure like this is never going to happen overnight. Like if you ever want people, you know, if you ever want someone to blatantly admit it, it may be a little difficult because it can't simply happen like that. Disclosure of extraterrestrials and UFOs will always take its time. It's good to know that the progress is occurring right now, but regardless of the length of time it's taken, it's still going to be this process to where hey look it's gonna be i just do not know i cannot fathom the the idea of a president finally saying there's there's ufos around or there's extraterrestrial life around hanging around earth until we all see it in this big like independence day (laughs) mars attack-esque welcome to earth (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh Um, so when it comes down to whenever you see something in the night sky, ladies and gentlemen, you simply cannot explain. They know. They all know. And the government has been knowing for the longest time. (laughs) I'm telling you, there's just, there got to be instances like that. There's, um, there's this other UFO crash that happened in Pennsylvania. A acorn like UFO crashes in the backs, you know, the backwoods of some Mm -hmm. Pennsylvania farm. Mm-hmm. And still, the the basic mo it gets you know, they make a couple calls. People in people in Jeep show up. They end up seizing it. You end up never hearing about it ever again. But the weird things that end up going with it, the weird ingredients of the whole case, where the phone the phone lines don't show the records of the army official that came and seized the phone and started making calls to get everyone else back over there. The um, um, the search teams end up finding the thing and then the U.S. Army saying, hey, look, uh, you can't go any further than this. Move back. We'll get our guys in. You know, flatbed truck comes in. Yeah. Flatbed truck leaves with a big cover of the acorn-like. No, wait, take that back. Of an acorn-shaped cover, uh, covering of whatever they were they're taking <laughs> back in that flatbed. I'm not going to allege that they <laughs> seized this object. Um, but I think... You know what? This would be the year that the U.S. government would it would declassify probably, UFO UFO footage. That's probably why they're totally fine with it being declassified right now. Oh man! And it wasn't too long ago. I mean, we were all upset about Area Fifty One. We wanted to, you know, rush Area Fifty One. Yeah. And um, to help save the UF the, the aliens that were <laughs> being help held captive. <laughs> oh my gosh uh, so I mean now we should be pretty grateful now that they're releasing such such documents uh, that 
they're basically doing what you kind of wanted in a way. You know, decl- they're not giving you access to Area 51, of course, but they're at least... We want to come to Area 51. Oh, sure, come on in. Yeah, come in. You know, let's give it a virtual tour or a tour. Uh, <laughs> put the... <laughs> The Area these, 51, uh, the theme park. Put these tinfoil hats on and come on with us. <laughs> Area 51, now open for the quarantine. Welcome to Area 51. You're <laughs> passing through Neighborhood 5. Have you ever seen a UFO? Have I seen a UFO? No, I haven't. I haven't. I've seen strange things in the sky before, but... <laughs> it's not the same thing. Cause I've seen <laughs> objects in the sky I can't identify. <laughs> I've never seen a UFO. <laughs> but I haven't seen a UFO, though. I've seen strange things in the sky. <laughs> but I've seen strange <laughs> But I've seen strange things in the sky. Have you ever seen a UFO before? No, I've seen strange objects in the sky I can't identify. <laughs> that flew. Oh, man, that's good. Well, that's good stuff right there, man. You know, there was that one time there... We later found out what it was, and that's why I say that because there was a time where there was like this big. It almost looked like a Kamehameha from like Gohan or something in the sky. Oh, right. But it turned out it was it was actually like a, some sort of mission that we were launching something out there or something. So to me, that looked very strange. Though I was like, "What the heck is this?" Because I didn't know the news yet. Yeah. So I was like, "What the heck is this in the sky?" Like all crazy. Um. So that's why I say that because later on it wasn't it wasn't it didn't turn out to be like you know something. Like a UFO. Yeah, those space those SpaceX missile missile launches are pretty crazy. Yeah, they're pretty crazy. I've man. never felt so. Remember the the nine eleven episode you did on the uh, on yeah. the deep end where I told you um, where your consciousness kind of feels linked up to other people because you oh, guys are at yeah. the same place emotionally. Yeah, I remember. You and said like that. you guys, I've never felt that way with most things. So here I am like in Corona, California, going to my uncle's house. And then I see the thing in the sky. Luckily I had to go park at a Walgreens to get some, uh, to get some drinks for the party. And I'm looking at it and I pull in and I'm still looking at this thing and I park out and there's like four or five people doing the same thing I'm doing. I'm just like, what is going on? Unbeknownst to us that there's this, you know, missile X space launch and everything. But man, it felt like I was just like, wow, we're all feeling the same thing right now. Like, this, the vulnerability of not knowing what's up there. Oh, yeah. You know what I think is strange, too? The, like, astrology of it all. Like, how these things connect. Uh, you know, just by simple orbits that we somehow, as human beings, we've somehow connected them to, like, um, to, to take on these big, powerful meanings, you know? Um, and... I think that is pretty crazy in itself. And, you know, even the idea that we have signs like of how people behave based off of signs that are come from like the stars and stuff. Yeah. That's a pretty crazy way to interpret or a way to implement, you know, basically the heavens and everything yeah. to how we behave just based off of our birth month and things like that. I think that's so strange how that works and wow. just incredible like what's how even, what's even more that. strange is when is when there's a certain like um when there's a certain shift that had to happen i guess like a couple of years ago yeah they ended up making habit they had to, had to make up a new sign oh Did really you hear I about that? that i didn't hear that yeah so it's like it's like it's almost all made up this this <laughs> this horoscopes and astrology <laughs> It's almost like it's all made up, huh? Yeah, yeah. but it, it is Teach in a way. Teach their own, though. It is in a way somewhat 
accurate. Like, but, I don't know. Do you relate at all to your sign at all? No. You don't? No, I'm, I have tuned out of horoscopes a long time ago. Okay, but I'm saying, like, do you know kind of the basic idea of your horoscope and how yes. that relates to you? Like, there's no similarities that you see? Yeah, but that? who's... They're, they're the same, like, these are, like, general... These are just generalities Very of everything. Big. <laughs> they're just... You know, you've, uh, like, I guess one of them for for cancers is needy. Mm-hmm. Well, pff, what, when's the last time I haven't felt needy? You know, there's I'm a man. <laughs> I need a beer, a woman. No, what? but you have, a, you have a particular extra uh, extra need, I guess, right. where it's like it just seems a little bit more. You have that quality a little bit more than maybe others, maybe. I don't right. Know. Thirst for knowledge, mm-hmm. maybe. Mm-hmm. But, I mean... It's, uh, but what I'm, I guess what I'm trying to say, is there this somehow this, I can't relate. Is there this connection from Mm -hmm. outside that has connected us in that way? Uh, Or is this something that we just completely made up or is it a connection from the outside? So I don't know. So that's a good point that you bring up. I feel, and this is kind of, you know, this is me going off the deep end of my own, you know, a little uh, plug into your show. Watch Isaiah. Uh, listen to Isaiah Martinez's uh, podcast, The Deep End, uh, available on the Deep End Network. Um, so we've advanced in human, you know, us humans have advanced a lot yeah. within the ni- the 19th century was a huge boom for us. Right. 18th century brought us the railroad and everything, but then yeah. we just started, you know, we did the Model T, 1907. Yeah. And then in the 1960s, here we are blasting off to the moon. Yeah. In a matter of 60 years, we went from the road to space. Yeah. That acceleration has has yet to be done because yeah. we're, we're constantly going faster now with everything. Mm-hmm. My thing is to you is that I feel at the rate that we have done everything here that this isn't the first planet we've done this to. Interesting. Yes. It's, Do you think it, Mars is one of those, or is it something beyond even the gal the the? I'm, I'm thinking eventually, eventually we will have to go to Mars. Eventually, the reason why a matter of overpopulation, using too many resources. Um, so you see tides. it like interstellar, sort of, huh? Like interstellar, sort of, like where they kind of ran out of resources, they had to move. Beautifully said. You know, or there was a I don't know if it was a storm or resources. One of them had caused them where they had. Oh yeah, the blight ended up causing like yeah, just ba- just bad weather. It mm-hmm. ultimately came up from bad weather. But I mean, look uh, look at what we're dealing with. I mean, I know I even read a recent article saying that in fifty years time, the rising tide for Florida will take about a quarter of the landmass there. Yeah. So we're we're slowly dealing with these issues now. But going to what I was saying is that I feel that we, as a human civilization, though we don't know it uh-huh. because our time frame is to live is very short, mm-hmm. but we simply just go to different planets and make it happen. It's we're a very, we're a very impressive species. Yeah. And it's, we, a, it's going even faster now ever since we hit the digital age. Yeah. Like it's all accelerating, especially with AI technology now. Like we're having them do, you know, centuries of work in AI technology, even where it could even accelerate much faster now. Yeah. Because we have that. I I see it as like we will eventually, like you said, move to Mars. I think Um, there's going to take some leaps and boundaries to get to that point because we're going to have to really push ourselves to advance, even with maybe having some like 
technology that's integrated on humans or whatever if we're going to really advance. Right. But eventually, what it's going to come down to is years and years and years and far out, we would have to come to the point where we can sustain life in space beyond this Milky Way galaxy. Like we have, because we can't depend on the sun forever. There's going to be a point where the sun itself is going to go out. No, not only that, we the sun will expand. And engulf all the planets oh, exactly. before that. We would get swallowed up, yeah. you know, according to theory, in a black hole of the sun. So we would have to be able to go out into space and sustain life. But the problem with that is, is that if there's the theory is correct, if there's multiple black holes out there, how do we know we're not going to run into another black hole? Yeah. You know, then get pulled in. So that's really uncharted territory out there. Yeah. Uh, so we would have to really think this out, and we're going to need the help. This used to be the planet everybody. of the dinosaurs. Right. Until something happened to where they're not here anymore, and right. whoosh, voila, yeah. and we're here. Um, if we would, we would have been eliminated if we've ever tried. If like they brought the present population of, of dinosaurs and humans on the planet at the same time, us not knowing defense, you know, tanks and all that, right. oh yeah, we'd be... A raptor would done. barge in my house and eat <laughs> me alive. We'd not be the top of the food chain for sure. A yeah. T-Rex would come in and just swipe me. The only thing we would have on them is intelligence. Yeah. But to a degree. Our instincts won't be as sharp as their instincts, but our intelligence would be better. It's right. just we would have to figure it out. It's like a bug's life thing where yeah. like we have to like unify. Come together. But and it's just, it out. Yeah. again, Ronald Reagan said it best. The only time we're going to unify is when there's an outside. Right. An outside threat. Wow, that was a little deep, deep conversation about it. it started with declassifying UFOs. We dabbled into yeah. Roswell, which we had to. You know what? When you talk about UFO stuff like this, Isaiah, yeah. and if you know if you know, you have to divulge this information, you know? I feel that that there's people out there that keep themselves confined to just Earth and never, ever look. They look up at the stars and just see, hey, look, uh, we are a real grain of salt mm-hmm. amongst everything else out there we i don't want to say it like this but we don't matter much in the outside portion of this wow now you're saying we don't matter we in the billions of billions of galaxies (laughs) and the billions of billions of stars no i see what you're saying though we are very small aspect to all of this you you remember that video you were showing me comparing our planet to the size of the biggest sun Mm mm-hmm I saw that video and I'm like, wow, here I am, you know, feeling pretty significant at points. Uh, but now when that happens, you know, you get really brought down to earth, forgive the pun, but, you know, you get brought down back to reality to realize, hey, look, uh, it, there's a lot more happening out there that we don't know. Yeah. Um, also, you know, you look at the fact that, hey, look, uh, there's intelligent life out there they may be curious to just cruise on by and see what we got going on so that's why it's always good to with me and with this show it's always good to just say we're talking about ufos hey you may stray a little off topic but it's still just it's still part of the overall message of a look ufos are um a very important aspect of our of our human curiosity Mm -hmm. you know they're never, they'll never go away until we're fully, you know, until we like do hands across America with like a alien gray next to us, you know? Yeah. Right. You know, I was thinking, I just had a weird thought right now. Like what if aliens 
weren't anything different than what we are. Like, what if there's aliens out there that are exact, basically replica of what we are, like as a human being mm. and animals and all that stuff? What if that was just out of another faraway planet? And it wasn't exactly an alien, but it was ourselves because that, that's like yeah, the only... It could, it could be the same. What One of the theories is, is in going back to Earth, you know, the whoever the higher power is, they give they give the vessel of humans oh, like two different Prometheus planets. Or whatever, huh? You know, they wipe, they wipe the planet that they're working with. They give it time because, you know, trying to... Trying to uh, uh, harbor life on a planet that just got decimated by an asteroid that's not going to happen for or by, uh, thousands of years or by Frieza or something <laughs> or by Frieza <laughs> yeah so it, it could be that they're there you know that would be the mothership of them just blasting off vessels to different planets and just making making life you know it's just the could possibly be the god complex that they deal with it. like hey look we give life this is the human genome that we're from you know Mm-hmm. There's tons of stuff like that. There's, there's um, hints of that into into the Bible. You know, the Nephilim, they were gods amongst men, literally. Just well, they were called giants amongst men. Oh yeah, you're talking yeah. about yeah. And uh, which book was that? Genesis one twenty six. Genesis. Yeah. yeah, they talk about the Nephilim. The just that they were just giants amongst men, amongst men that just would um, would have the women of the earth. Mm-hmm. It was just crazy stuff like that to where it's like you see these these hints and allusions towards advanced races and advanced advanced technology at points. So right. it's always super impressive to, to even be discussing about UFOs because then you end up, you end up with a show like this and you get to talk <laughs> about it whenever it comes around. Yep. Um, but now let's get back to what keeps us here grounded on earth. Um, but before that, um, actually, since this is the show that you and I uh, host together, I'd like to do a little uh, shameless promotion of my own. Um, I am the co-owner, uh, the co-proprietor of an apparel brand called The Notorious Pin. Make sure you guys check it out on Instagram at LNotoriousPin. And check out the website at TheNotoriousPin.com. We have a variety of very amusing pins. And we also have expanded into the apparel business. We're in the t-shirt racket now, guys. So make sure you check out the various t-shirt that we ha- the t-shirts that we have. We have all your favorite artists. Feel free to check them out. Um, once again, the notoriouspin.com or on Instagram at lnotoriouspin. So, with sports being on the sidelines due to this recent pandemic, do you notice that uh, sports networks are uh, replaying the same games? Yeah, I <laughs> like caught wind of that. Yeah, the uh, I'm man, I'm seeing the I've seen the Angels win the World Series like three times already. <laughs> <laughs> That's an O two. Um, the sports networks out here have been showing various Laker ga- Laker games and series on replay, uh, Angel games, um, and the Dodgers. Yeah, uh, but with all these games, they got me to thinking. Whatever happened to the Whatever happened to America's sweetheart? You know how like every sport, like every few years, there's always like a an America's sweetheart. Yeah, I think the last, you know, like give me the who would be your last sweetheart? Are you? Oh man, uh, let's say Megan Rapino for the Women's World Cup. Yep, yeah, Megan Rapino. <clears throat> um, what she did was just on epic proportions, man. Yeah, yeah. the women look. Our women 
like mm-hmm. won the World Cup, right. defeated Brazil. And they did it with such style and yeah. uh, class during a, a time where America was kind of going through, you know, their own controversies, you know. So yeah. even amongst the time where the U.S. men, they were, they oh, were yeah. keeping up close. They just yeah. didn't do it in, uh, what was it, uh, 2010? They did in right. 2010. I remember we were watching it here, we 2010 and 2014. It. Yeah. It got close, man. We got close. But the, like you said, the the and not only that, like they're promoting, it's a shift even with the women's games because you're kind of seeing more uh, more activity as far as more people wanting to see this. Yeah. And it's a shift now because women's sports are starting to become more attractive as far as they could really bring something to the table. And right. that they showed that and they were showing that. And they also stood up for the fact that they were getting underpaid while doing it. So, yeah. you know, it was like on multiple levels, it was fascinating, you know, yeah. to, to see that. Yeah, that, that whole pay scale thing, that's a, I can't touch that topic with the 20-foot pole, man. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, if, they're, it's I mean, if they're bringing in the tickets, it's like, it makes sense, you know, why yeah. wouldn't they get paid just because they're a female? That's that's pretty crazy. Like, yeah. But because I think they didn't really expect it to be as entertain as entertaining as as or to bring in so much sales as it did and it right. did so so now they're like i don't know they filed some lawsuit i don't know what happened with that and whether or not they won but you know i guess you're right though that would be like the last one yeah because then after that and, and and guys to the uh to the uninitiated with the term america's sweetheart it's basically the 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 uh, the flash in the pan athlete that mm-hmm. dominates for about two or three years uh, dominates in the terms of just being that one person you know mm-hmm. so you had Megan Rapinoe with the Women's World Cup run Michael Phelps Michael Phelps se- securing that fool is like a, a fish a fish of, like a, <laughs> the only one that would survive being. Waterworld yeah Michael Phelps <laughs> he should have played in Waterworld for um, sure man even go uh, go back in the day Mary Lou Retton got a, a perfect score in the gymnastics back okay, in the eighties that one. Yeah, um, Mia Hamm, 96 World Cup, and young Tom Brady before he ended up monopolizing all the Super Bowls. And it's just, sometimes the Super Bowl now is just called Tom Brady's last game right. of the season. <laughs> um, I, I, as a fan of this team, wanted to bring up this America's sweetheart. And I know uh, Isaiah knows who I'm talking about a little bit, but uh, Jeremy Lin. I just literally rolled <laughs> my eyes to the back of my head right so now. so <laughs> hard. Um, man. That was fat. And I'm going to admit this. This was fascinating. This was a fascinating moment in time. Yeah. You know, I rolled my eyes because <laughs> Let's we all back know. back to 2011, guys. We all know who Jeremy Lin is as a player. So I rolled my eyes in the back of my head because we know there's nothing, there's nothing exciting right now to having Jeremy Lin on your team other than, you know, he's, he's a, probably a, at best – a good role player. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that came up hard. That came up super hard during a very, how dare you talk about world champion? He needed like that. this bad. He was desperate. You know, he was desperate <laughs> to make it on the team. He had, he had unforeseen circumstances working his favor. Stanford. Was yeah. There, Stanford. He just happened to have all the right things line up for him in the moment of time. Yeah. You know? Right and place, right out. time. Jeremy, the Jeremy Lynn story. And it was just electrifying. Like you're talking about just, you know, making Madison Square Garden go crazy. You know, man, I've never seen the garden that crazy in years, dude. I am. 
Gosh, that's why you brought up this topic to talk about Jeremy Lin. Well, no, just talk about America's Sweethearts, and then it just came into Jeremy Lin because he in 2011 it was about him, right? Oh, it was. It was about him and Tebow, Tim Tebow too. Oh, yeah. It was like a uh, Tim Tebow. You couldn't. That guy couldn't go wrong. A tandem of these two guys. Tim Tebow. (laughs) On a side note, Tim Tebow, that guy is the most wholesome. Christian man I've ever seen and I've ever yeah, laid eyes on. But some would say he's too he's wrong. too wholesome and too Christian that there's something wrong. Yeah. With that, you know? Like like he's he's real like spiritual and everything, but then the next thing I see him like lifting up big tires and like pumping <laughs> iron like crazy. So there's like right. a good um good bad contrast of this yeah, guy to this guy. He's just a real cool like man. And and the the cool thing about it too, so he gets uh Tim Tebow, he actually has a developmental contract. Single A ball. He plays single A yeah. ball with the Mets. Right. He and probably then, sells them tickets, of course. He, yeah. And, and and the thing is, too, a lot of people hate on him, but it's like, hey, um, you have to understand that single A ball. Same thing with Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan did single A ball. Yeah. You got to put butts <clears throat> in the seats. They'll take anybody yeah. like, who can make some butts get in the seats. <laughs> so they don't so care. that's what, exactly what they're doing. And But the thing is, they'll is sign that up he's like Ronda Rousey if they have to. Oh, like, yeah. Can. That's what they did with WWE. <laughs> uh, but with Tim, it's like, class act the guy's a class act he's like i'm just excited to play ball i like playing you know i just like playing sports i'm like wow this guy's just yeah. doesn't even play football anymore he just yeah. has a developmental contract and that's why he's Mets. yeah and that's why he has his base right because he does have a following he has a devote following yeah you know um who you know just give him all the um uh all the support that he you know has so any anything he does he's going to get a base that goes with them and that are devoted to him, even though he has, by contrast, you know, a lot of people that are like that smirk or that snirk at, you know, Tim Tebow because they know who Tim right. Tebow is as a player. And he's not like he's not like what they make him out to be, even though he shined in that moment, yeah. you know, but they know what he is. So in Jeremy Lin's case, this guy, again, the stars line up for him. Um, yeah. The the Knicks at yeah, the talking time. about astrology and, li- and planets oh, yeah. aligning. <laughs> Yeah, this back, was back into the stuff you don't believe in, Mark. Yeah, the stars, you know, the constellation really aligned for Tim, you know, for Jeremy Lin. Him being a Sagittarius really just helped out during the time of the the winter season. Um, no, but it was just everything was perfect for him. They had the the Knicks had no point guards at that time, and he was just like, hey, "Lin, you're up. Let's see what happens." They, no one yeah. knew. I mean, you're talking about you had D'Antoni as your coach, who yeah. is like that works perfect for his system. Carmelo Anthony happens to be out during. Yeah. This time so him sideline does help yeah the teams that they're playing for the first couple of games they're kind of sorry and so everything just kind of just it's yeah, a right so, recipe so this dude goes plays plays the nets and lights him up for 26 points in like the third and fourth quarter yeah and everyone's like who's this asian dude you yeah know? but then he's like making these plays and it's like oh dang oh crap and the first that that first game i was on the road home from working at sprint mm-hmm and I'm listening to this. I'm like, what the heck is Jeremy Lin doing right now? We signed him like two days ago. Yeah. We signed, <laughs> we signed him. And it's just like, man, I've always just been looking for a point guard for the, for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I thought this was the answer, man. Cause he was nailing, he nailed a game winner against Toronto a couple nights later. Right. He then, um, steals Christmas away from the Lakers. Yeah. Uh, I remember he, Man, it was him. They didn't even have Melo or Amari that game, and yeah. they still beat the Lakers. I was he, like, he got Dang. the best of Kobe, and that's not easy to do. 
That was like nuts. he got Kobe the best of hot. <laughs> he was hot. Yeah, oh, he man. so got the best of them, you know. Um, and then Kobe ends up getting him in the end though, because later Jeremy Lin comes on to the Lakers, as you know. Yeah, and you know Kobe just kind of like trash talked his ear off. Yeah, you know, in practice. So. That's good though. <laughs> I, I I would like a teammate like that just to. I don't know, man. I feel like I love Kobe. I love Kobe from it. the outside. I just don't know if I'd. I wouldn't probably love him in the inside for sure because he'd make you work. You know. Yeah, that's true. He'll, he'll work you off. I can't imagine that, man. But so, the the downfall of most America's sweethearts is that we we solidify them in that moment. Mm-hmm. You know, the, yeah. the Jeremy Lin is encapsulated between 2011 and 2012 mm-hmm. because then he goes, signs this crazy contract with the Rockets and goes alongside James Harden and they just don't do anything. Right. Then he bounces from team to team and finds, speaking of the right place, right time, he goes to the Raptors and secures the championship ring. Yeah. So now he got a ring too. <laughs> so, add yeah. to the so now, stick, to now add we have to, to talk the, to about world to champion. Mythology here. Yeah. Right. Um, but Mary Lou Retton, encapsulated within you know there's never there's never ever a cameo with her as a gymnast Mm -hmm. when she's like on like a sitcom wearing the leotards or wearing like u.s olympic memorabilia yeah um i mean michael phelps Mm -hmm. he ruled everything he even got remember he got exposed for taking a bong hit (laughs) really i didn't know so so there was a huge controversy with that where he like took a bong hit but None of his sponsorship was taken away. None of all, like, it, it was crazy. It was just one of those moments like, eh, you know, kids, boys will be boys. He, he brings medals <laughs> home for America. It's right, all good. Right, yeah. Um, He's going to have that covering for his sins. It's, it's a lot to take in for some athletes when you get that much stardom that quick. I'm not saying it got to Jeremy Lin because from what I saw, Jeremy Lin kept trying to do his thing. Yeah. Uh, Tim kept trying to do his thing. Just didn't, it just didn't pan out. But for people like Michael Phelps, transcended, uh, Megan Rapinoe uh, and all them, they ended up winning another World Cup. Um, Tom Brady, you know, he was America's sweetheart for a little bit, but then it just turned out to be this guy's just a really good quarterback. So what I really want to get with the, sum- the summation of America's sweetheart is to people out there, this this is a real opportunity for you to say to yourself, "Hey, look. What more can you do? That you're, you know, you got, you got. Um, never rely and rest your laurels on just that one moment that you got. You know, we never us at the uh, us with come sit with us. We never want to rely on the Fillmore episode as our bread and butter. That's never going to be ours. But it's always good to look back and say, "Hey, look, we freaking did it." But it's about what more can we do and improve. Um, even even if you're uh, taking it to sports, what more can you do as a as a ball player to get better? Uh, you know, you secured you secured some accolade. You know, whether it's like best offensive player, best defensive player. What more can you do? You know, mm-hmm. um, those those uh, type of uh, attributes really give someone the the ingredients to success. So. If you feel like, you know, whether, you know, because people listening out there, I know you guys most won't be, um, mostly won't be America's sweetheart, but when you guys find your America's sweetheart S moment in the, in the world that you're in, 
make sure you ask yourself and you tell yourself, what more can I do beyond this? Because to get stuck in that, you know, you're, you're going to be in the past. Huh? It's you're like, gonna be living in the past the whole time. You'll be an Al Bundy. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> when he looks back at his high school years, you know, Four he always romanticizes it. You know, it's like, yeah. It, and uh, when he looks in reality, you know, he gets a reality check yeah, quick. Yeah. In all reality, he's a shoe salesman at a yeah. strip mall. Yeah. Poor Al Bundy. Yeah. I guess that was the. I guess that was paying a lot because yeah. he. Was, oh yeah, the 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 real guy. I don't know his name, but this guy, dude, is a legend. I mean, he's he he did it in in modern family TV. You know. Oh, Ed O'Neill. I'm talking about the Al Bundy. I was like, I've never realized. I've never ever pictured like standard jobs. Like, there's always a standard job with all the people in sitcoms. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, uh, Carl Winslow was a cop. Mm-hmm. But he had this lavish house with like a bunch of kids. Oh yeah, and mom. His mom lived there too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, how does this happen? Yeah, it doesn't happen today. I'll no, tell you that. Like, you need, a full house is probably the incomes. only correct thing because it took the salaries of, of four, what, yeah. Danny Tanner, Joey, and, and Jesse, and his girl, right? <laughs> and his girl to let, like yeah. help the rent out to for make full it house. Right. Getting a nice house like that in San Francisco. Come on. Yeah. Who are you fooling? Yeah. Right. Friends. You Same mean, thing. Eighteen people in a New York big oh, New York sure. apartment like that. Oh, for sure. No. And a common job is just like waitressing or something. No, that's Jerry Seinfeld, world-renowned comedian, had an apartment <laughs> on Seinfeld. <laughs> that was like the most realistic one. Yeah, yeah. Crazy neighbor and all. Yeah. Oh man, and we've uh, covered a lot of subjects here so far. Here on Come Sit with Us, I thank you guys again for tuning in with us. Um, Isaiah, there is this phrase coming around amidst this uh, global pandemic that we're dealing with i think i know where you're heading with this but i'm wondering i'm listening they want us to to talk about this like uh, the phrase is i'll get to it it's it's the new normal mm, yes yes i've heard of that the new normal i refuse to have that be the new normal and i'm and take it from me i'm not one of the oh i'm not wearing my mask this is my America right to not wear it. No, mm-hmm. this, I do this for the sake of, Hey, look, we have to watch out for each other at this moment in time. You know, the, the new normal to me, I'm not going to deal with that. Like, I, I don't like this idea that we're going to be going into storefronts and having all this plexiglass everywhere. <laughs> I saw yesterday. I saw some guy. I went to some burger joint in L.A. after one of my after one of my events, and some guy per transaction got a sheet of Saran wrap to put it over his little uh, digital register kiosk to for us to perform for us to perform a transaction. And there was like eight customers, so he used like eight sheets of Saran wrap for mm. that. And I was like, man, this is like getting extremely, extremely costly, wasteful. Wasteful in the sense of, hey, disposable, anything is wasteful. Gloves, masks, etc. Scrubs. I'm not really going to be digging the, you know, digging that term as the new norm. You know, um, I know eventually, with all things of this magnitude, it's going to take time for us to create something to get this taken care of, but... Um, once this is all over, I want to be back to full steam ahead. I want to, like, I like, I like blue collar America where there was like a bunch of jobs, mm-hmm. a bunch of jobs everywhere, you know. 
Um, I really want this to just get back to normal. I don't like hearing the new normal. It, it gives you this idea that, <laughs> hey, look, like there's... it kind of makes me feel like, oh, well, this virus may still be around. Uh-huh. Like this isn't, that's not something I'm sitting well with on come sit with us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I could see, like you said, I could see them wanting this to be a new normal because we, I think they, they, as in like scientists and people experts and in, you know, infectious diseases and stuff want uh, the American people or the general public in general uh, to be prepared for outbreaks that have been happening, that we've been seeing happen more and more often um, in our last at least two, three decades. Um, so normal in the sense of like just being more conscious of of how allergy, uh, how diseases and stuff spread Um because, I mean, they were already, and they as in like Dr. Fauci, Bill Gates, people like that are in, you know, on the front lines of this or, or backing vaccinations and stuff. They are noticing more and more that with each presidency, we're having these outbreaks and we're not. And though most of them have been able to be like quickly, you know, resolved or not resolved, but have been haven't been able to spread as fast as this one that there's potential that if if there's something that outbreaks out there that is contagious as coronavirus but more more severe then that that could be a risk for our general population and they want to i think better be prepared for those situations so they're backing up you know things like vaccinations and they're backing up just procedures and us knowing how to handle a pandemic like that so maybe that's why I don't sure. But I also know that this phrase is used a lot with companies because companies who first thought that this thing would be over with by the summertime, uh, were expecting to bring back employees or expecting to, to have the, you know, headquarters, you know, filled up with people again, having their retailers filled up with people. And we're now seeing that, okay, well now that there's more and more outbreaks, have to slow down more so maybe maybe it's not going to return to the way it was maybe we have to have remote employees now stay out there in the fields and try to rethink you know how we're going to have our new working environment and maybe this might be around for some time longer so maybe that's why this phrase is coming out i'm not sure but to me, it seems like that's more the latter is probably more likely as to why it's happening. And I'm with you too. Like I really kind of want things to go back to where we can go to sporting events, stadiums, you know, where you have these um, uh, just crazy amounts of people right there, like cheering on their team, and you can feel, you know, the energy of that because there's energy when people get together like that. You know, it's crazy energy, but how how is that going to work now because covid-19 has hit us so hard throughout this whole year pretty much that it's going to forever be something that we're going to always think back at whenever we think 2020 like it's always ingrained in our mind now of coronavirus you know it's it's our big traumatic event uh so how are we going to how are we going to handle that going forward i don't know you know i i read something interesting mark speaking of they're talking there's this book uh, by the authors who wrote who originally like kind of coined the phrase millennials 
they also wrote this book called The Fourth Turn. And I guess they look at in history, patterns in history, and they show a point where each generation, like baby boomers, Gen Xers, millennials, they all they all have a purpose and that they push like a turning point in history. And I guess what they describe, uh, and this was written in the 90s, but what they describe is we're event- we were eventually going to come to a place where there's going to be a turning point again in history. Like every century, there's usually like another turning point where the people change either policies or, or whatnot, <clears throat> but change like a way of life. And right now what we're seeing is like the first stage of what they were writing about, where there would be something that would, uh, something that would cause or ignite a big, um, a big change or, or something that would happen. And in this case, it would be our, the coronavirus. Um, then, then the next step is that would then cause uh, like a, 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 some sort of inner war within our own countries, which is kind of what we've seen happen kind of in our country. It's kind of like this inner like protesting, people are protesting, getting more violent. Um, and then you have, you know, our president that is like the, the opposite extreme. So we have this like divide and they say that this is really kind of the first stage of a turning point where we would implement some different ways of living or life or something that's going to come in what they call the fourth turn. So I just thought that was interesting because it's a pattern that they noticed from back to the civil war to further back in the American revolutionary war. And, you know, I just thought that was pretty interesting. And so maybe in some ways we don't really realize it consciously, but like in some ways, you know, mankind comes to a point like a turning point, in, in our in our lifetime where we see this change that's going to happen um, and in this case I don't know what the outcome is going to be uh, but I do know like Bill Gates and and Dr. Fauci they're all part of this uh, uh, this this initiative to have like what they call a digital identity which is called ID 2020 where they help everybody have a digital um, identification of themselves without the archaic way of like papers and stuff because we're seeing the problems at the border people don't document it and people in poorer countries and they need to have some sort of identity you know so they're working on implementing that kind of for everybody to have a digital identity um, which I don't know what that could lead to you know but I don't really don't even know where I'm going with <laughs> with this, but I'm just trying to say that who knows what the real like turning point's going to be for us. But there's, I just know this is kind of just the beginning. I think if that if what they're saying is true to the turning point, I don't know. Got it. So so what you're telling me is that Dr. Fauci is going to be America's sweetheart for 2020. When he, <laughs> hopefully, when, hopefully, um, I want him to you know. to build on what you're saying. I agree with you in in some respects. There's, and I even mentioned it on a few episodes ago about the uh, on come sit with us. In regards to, there's probably going to be a lot more options for storefronts and for various other businesses that are just going to take more enhanced sanitation methods. You know, uh, there's little. There's a a lot of progress with that. There's even um, there's even people that are getting into uh, lessening, uh, uh, decreasing the pressure on uh, on restroom toilets. Did you ever hear about that? Uh, so I guess the, 
So this is, these are like the baby steps that we're all talking about here. So um, apparently when you use the restroom, you're using like those high-powered like business offices flush flushers, like the yeah. flushers, yeah, quick, yeah. the shotgun blast right. flushers. Apparently that causes the microbes within the toilet to to uh, to make like little microscopic clouds that are the equivalent of the equivalent of like an atomic, you know, That's a micro sized atomic bomb. That's of, deep. You know, of just microns flying everywhere. That's deep. So it's actually effectively uh, more dangerous to us as humans than <laughs> than anything else. You guys so, have to see the way Mark's describing this. He's describing this with like his his eyes are like so wide eyed right now. I'm excited <laughs> about lower pressure toilets. Um, so those are the little steps that we're all taking. You know, um, yeah. over. I honestly feel that social distancing kind of needed to be a practice because there's times where I mean even at times when we were at horror nights mm-hmm. where people got really close like they got really really close in line and I just felt uncomfortable yeah like and I turned one time I turned line, and like someone was like on your neck like like just all up on your neck <laughs> my neck all up on it <laughs> like no back of the nose on my neck right it you know so it's social distancing distancing um I think needed to be something implemented, uh, something in terms of being implemented, um, also with a lot more sanitation options. So you still think things will go back to like the way we were living? Like, do you still think with that add, with a few more added things, I or with a little bit more focus on just keeping things a little bit more cleaner? You know? Yeah, because I mean, you look at like places like Japan and stuff. Like, you know, the way. They are um, like where they're even like their garbage seems very organized and clean and they don't have people that are on the streets and stuff like that. It seems like they really got a handle on it, whereas our country doesn't really appear to have a handle. Not only that, that, Isaiah, but speaking of that, Japan, um, there's a wrestling promotion in Japan that had one of their wrestling events and they had an audience there. Mm. But you may ask, you may ask, you know, the deep in audience, uh, and the come sit with this audience may be asking, but how's that the case? There's a coronavirus going around. Right. Well, geniuses, Japan has always, impl- you know, the main practice to people, of, they've always just had masks on. Not all of them, some of them. You know, there's always, um, yeah. W- would it, it would be safe to say that years ago, a few of the people that would have masks on in America would be someone of the Asian descent. Mm-hmm. It's safe to say. Yeah. But the reason why is because, again, the same characteristics that we're barely adopting now, where it's it's a lot more safer for me to have a mask and you to have a mask to eliminate us to totally it, from yeah. from us uh, transmitting some some sort of uh, some sort of uh, uh, disease to one another, mm-hmm. to some sort of um, sickness. Mm-hmm. You don't want that. So that's what they've done. You know, they've always, the main characteristic of Japan is, you know, they've always do everything for the greater good. People don't steal bikes out there, apparently. Like, you can leave yeah, your bike another, out there. You can leave your right. laptop there. Go use the restroom. Come back. It'll be there. Like, people are just down like that in Japan. Right. Um, the cleaner environment, things like they've that. They've had the new normal, if anything. I think that's safe to say because they're... Their practices on everything have just been a lot more impressive than ours, you know. So what's their new normal? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I know exactly. The, the new normal is the thing they've been doing for like 40 years. 
So yeah. I say yeah. as long as we implement some some things here and there with that, I'm I'm down in a sense for the new normal on on sanitation methods. Heck, even if they want us to wear the mask for two years, even after all this dies down, fine, fine. As long as these numbers like. As long as these numbers get eliminated, eradicated, yeah, like, in conjunction with some sort of, uh, um, some sort of like over-the-counter medicine for it, not mm-hmm. a vaccination, but a medicine for it, then we'll be, we'll all be good with that. The new the goal normal, is vaccinations, though. That's the goal. Yeah, that's the goal. The um, but yeah, but as far as like the new normal with us like coming in in biohazard suits, walking around everywhere, not, not. Yeah, you know, social events and that stuff absolutely like that. just can't be the new normal to be that extreme. Yeah, uh, I would have to say like that just isn't uh, that is it just isn't human. You know, yeah. when I see stuff like that, I think of a very uh, distant, like a very desensitized desensitizement of, of mankind. When I see, you know, like Resident Evil movies like E.T. where they're like in hazmat suits and all yeah. that, like I don't see that as human. You know, human is a hug. Human is a handshake. Human yeah. is like contact, you know? So I would have to say that I just, I do not see it to a point where it will be like that. I think, but like you said, probably in a way, kind of what we were living, but with added um, measures, like with the sanitizations and maybe masks and stuff, and maybe adopting kind of what Japan already does, you know, things like that, I think could definitely be something we can implement today. You know, I really hope so for the sake of all, Americans, mm-hmm. it's just uh, sickens me when there's Americans out there that don't wear the masks out in public and try to yeah. do this. Well, you know, like try to do this thing together. It's all about like <laughs> that's the thing that sucks about America is that there's always people out there. that's like it's about me. Yeah, it's about me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I totally agree. There were some times where I like went in, like I got on my car too fast, like without my mask, and then mm-hmm. like I opened the door and I'm and I see the employee like oh, like kind of like oh man do i have to say it and i'm thinking oh crap i forgot my mask and they're like oh yeah yeah thank you there you go (laughs) um but yeah 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 i think uh you know it's what big what big of a deal is it you know just to wear a mask it really is not a big deal you know and i hate that people are making it such a big deal like trying to revolt over wearing a mask (laughs) um it just kind of seems silly you know yeah just go to I was watching footage of city councils, city council meetings in Florida, and uh, they weren't too particularly happy. They were saying that it was their God-given right to breathe without obstruction. Oh wow! <laughs> I'm all like, no. What are you talking about? That's that's too extreme. Oh, that's gosh. too extreme, and yeah. there's no evidence to to back up that you know they're trying to take away you breathing. It's, yeah. Obviously, there's a reason for this, which is because of the pandemic. Yeah. It's the, not you know some sort of hidden agenda to like control yeah, the masses. The man. You know, I think people like they really have to really do their homework. And when I say do their homework, not reshare memes, not reshare videos that conspiracy theorists put put, but do your homework as in you yourself. Google search these things, look up, you know, more background, more information and not just, not just go based off of these things that are being spread through memes and, you know, it's, it's it's crazy. No matter how, excuse me, no matter how woke you may seem to be, (laughs) 
there's always someone that's just going to outwoke you and say, that's what they want you to think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so no matter what, um, but Isaiah brings up a good point. You guys do definitely have to get educated on what's going on out there, especially with what, how politically charged <clears throat> and how charged the, the, the news in the medical world is about this. Mm-hmm. We have to do this for the greater good. Each one of us, have to be the individual America sweetheart and wear your fucking masks, yeah. please. It's very important. I know. I mean, I am a conservative <clears throat> by nature. I think you know that already, Mark, and probably people that listen to us do. However, with that being said, I think that Trump resisting to wear a mask does have a huge play with his base, not like not wanting to exactly... Uh, yeah, you know, subscribe to just easily do it, you know, because they feel like if he has some sort of mistrust or distrust um, towards that policy, because we only seen him wear one one time, right? And they also thus feel that distrust, and it doesn't help. Yeah, you know? um, I know he hasn't really said that you shouldn't, but he hasn't really showed either by example, you know, to make it more of a unified you know, thing for us to all kind of do. So, you know, in that kind of sense, it's, and I'm somebody who's conservative, you know, so in that kind of sense, it's like, there's also that too, that plays into that as well, which I think is, isn't good, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is. I've kind of, I really got uh, detached from president Trump when I, um, found out that there's no, he has no, he has no dog. There's no, he dog, dog of his presidency. Oh, right. Yeah. He doesn't have a dog. I noticed that. I mean, his wife is the hottest first lady we've ever had, but she's doesn't really provide any, anything as far as just being attractive. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, I've never seen any policies like, well, granted too, she had Michelle Obama trailing behind her the whole time. It's like, Michelle Obama was a damn good first lady. She just started a podcast too. Now yeah. that I'm going to be like checking out. Ivanka did or Michelle? Uh, Michelle. Oh, I, yeah. Maybe we should get we could have her as a guest on the deep end. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we could ask her some questions. <laughs> ask her about the Epstein travel logs. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> That's the first thing we're gonna ask her. Ask her about that. Oh, I want to thank you guys for coming on the show. How was your day? Hey, so your name's here on this Epstein so, travel log. Uh, what's what gives with your name being on the? Uh, how how do you explain? T- <laughs> I want to thank you guys for tuning in to uh, into another great episode of the deep end. Uh, the Deep End's uh, spinoff show, Come Sit With Us. That was a good recovery, right? That was, that was somewhat, yeah. yeah, pretty good. I like, a, I like being a part of a good spinoff show. <laughs> um, in this episode, we learned that, you know, the U.S. government, though declassifying UFO, uh, UFO footage, that won't fully declassify the existence of UFOs and extraterrestrials. That'll come, that in that event, that'll come when we see the UFOs wholeheartedly like smack dab in the White yeah. House lawn. Right. Before all that happens. <laughs> right. Uh, we also learned that, you know, um, let's take the example of America's sweetheart and develop it into our own personal life as a form of, uh, uh, as a form of affirmation because we don't want to be stuck in a section of our lives where we're not developing and we keep going back to that certain section mm-hmm. to keep reliving it. It's about evolving. We are never the same person that we were 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And if you think I'm lying, 
your Facebook flashbacks will prove it. They have to they have to me. So they will to you. And in the third segment we also learn that the new normal won't be as you know, as odd as it thinks. You know, as odd as we think actually, because we are just gonna implement new print methods and procedures to make it a more sanitary environment wherever we're at. Whether it's you using a public restroom or whether you uh, it's you shopping at your local uh, your local retailers. So yeah, I want to thank you guys for tuning in to another great episode of Come Sit With Us. I'm Mark Flores. And I'm Isaiah Martinez. Most importantly, be well.